Awesome. Why don't you come with me in your Bibles? It's all good. Let's go to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. Tonight, the title of my message, and uh, I was challenged challenged tonight by my magnificent team, Pastor John Heinrichs, who's here for his fourth service today. Couldn't put our hands together for Pastor John. I love Pastor John and Becky. He preached it up. He tore it up, I should say, at North this morning in the 10 and 12, was here at the 8.30, and now he's back here at the 5, and and I'm going to pray over him just because he's here for four services. You can't come to four services and not get, not get some prayer. But uh, the title of my message tonight is The Power of a Vision Builder. The Power of a Vision Builder. I hardly preach on vision, but I'm really feeling challenged, uh, not just by my team, but also by the Holy Spirit, that tonight I want to kind of preach uh, uh, just enough to kind of set up a ramp where the Holy Spirit can launch and, uh, and minister and break through in people's lives. So, so I'm going to try and preach myself out of the way. So come with me to Genesis chapter 13. We're going to be reading from verse 14. Genesis 13 verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now. Everyone say now. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you, come on somebody, all the land which you see, I give to you and to your descendants forever. And I will make of your descendants, sorry, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width. For I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron. And he built an altar there to the Lord. I love that passage of Scripture because Abraham at this particular moment in time is about 75 years of age. His wife is 65 years of age and they've got zero children. They've got zero children. God doesn't just give him a vision for his future. God doesn't just give him a real estate vision. God doesn't just give him a wealth vision. God doesn't just give him a financial vision. I'm not sure if you've ever thought of the impact of that, but let's imagine you drove up to Mount Soledad. And as you're standing on the top of Mount Soledad, God said, God said to you, look northward, look southward, look eastward, and look westward. All the land that you see, I'm going to give you. Do you know how many trillions of dollars of real estate that is? All of that is going to belong to you. Imagine every house, as far as your eye could see, now has to pay you rent. That's what God is speaking to Abraham. And then he doesn't finish there. And he says, and I'm also going to multiply your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if they could be numbered, your descendants could be numbered. Everything that God does... Every breakthrough that God does, every shift that God does, He has to do with vision. You and I were created with, the, with our eyes in the front of our head, which means that we're meant to be forward-looking. It's amazing how many people you meet and they, they, they may as well put their eyes in the back of their head or we call them rowboat Christians, rowboat people. They're going this direction, but they're always looking back. You met those people? You know, back in 1994, I was something. Back in the year 2000, I was, I was, and they're always, their greatest days were behind them 
or something happened back then. You don't understand what happened to me. You don't understand. And their vision is something backwards. You were meant to be looking forward. We're meant to be forward looking. You're meant to have something to look forward to. God put our eyes in the front of our head because the prerequisite of leadership is vision. You need to have vision. Jesus said, if the blind leads the blind, will they not both fall into a ditch? What'll make, you, what'll make you a leader in community, what'll make you a leader in society is your ability to see, your ability to have vision. We have a leadership night, because let me, let me just tell you this, the leadership night, we bring in the best leaders from around the place to, to put leadership skills, leadership principles, and leadership anointing in your life. This is what I know. You will be able to gain a greater harvest in the marketplace if you understand leadership. If you understand leadership, your, your earning capacity will dramatically increase. We want you to flourish. We want you to say, my God, I am 10 times better because I went to C3 Church. Because I go to C3 Church and I went through connect, grow, serve, and lead. Because I walked through those classes, there are leadership skills, there are leadership capacities, there are leadership abilities, there are leadership anointings. I've been developed as a leader and now I view the marketplace differently. I view my job differently. My boss trusts me with greater portions of the... In fact, I've just got promoted to VP. You will find that as you surrender to building God's house, you will find that God inevitably inevitably will build your house it is just it is just fair trade it is just how God does it in fact if, if you're like me you will find that man I feel like I'm shortchanging God I feel like what God is pouring out and blessing in my life is man I yeah I feel like if, if I was to serve God for the next 2471 years I still wouldn't touch what he's done in just the 38 years that I, or the 30 years that I've been following him you know as as a, as a Christian but I'm telling you God will build your life so now come with me, just go over the page, Genesis 15. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing? Everyone say seeing. What will you give me seeing that I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside. Then God brought Abraham outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. The second passage describes the great battle that every single one of us face. And in a moment, I want to pray for people. Because Abraham said to, to the Lord, he says, Look, what will you give me seeing I have no child? In other words, two chapters earlier, you gave me a vision of inheritance. You gave me a vision of descendants. But all I see is disappointment. All I see is no child. All I see is barren. All I see is unfruitful. All I see is just disappointment. So Abraham is saying, my 
My experience is this. Your promise has been this, but my experience is, do you mind if I reduce your promise down to my experience? Because holding on to your promise means that I, that I constantly live with the pain of disappointment. I tell leaders all the time that the price of vision is to learn how to manage discouragement. The price of vision is to learn how to manage discouragement because when you have a vision, the vision is always greater than your current reality. I can remember we had a vision to, to get to a thousand people. I remember if we could just get to a thousand people, man, a thousand people, a thousand people. When we got to a thousand people, I wanted to be happy. Oh, I just wanted to be happy. But the Holy Spirit had already moved on. He already said, Yerk's 1,500. So now I had a vision for 1,500. So when you had a thousand, instead of rejoicing, I'm like, yeah. And I'm still living with a deficit. And then I'm thinking, and then when we got to 50, it was 2,000. And when I got to 2,000, it was 25. And when we got to 20, it was 3,000. And it just keeps going. And God's like, hey, what's the matter with you? I'm like, And he's like, yeah, that's just the price of having vision. The price of having vision means that I'm going to show you here, realities here, and there's a deficit. There's a deficit in between. But if you, if you can learn to manage the disappointment, you'll never fail to keep hitting that. You'll never fail to keep hitting that. Life is too short to reduce your vision down to your pain threshold. Life is too short to reduce your vision down to your, your current circumstances and your reality. Don't, don't, don't reduce the vision to your disappointment. Maybe you had a vision of marriage. Maybe you had a vision of babies. Maybe you had a vision of financial prosperity. Maybe you had a vision of breakthrough. Whatever your vision is, you may be saying, hey, you know, this is what God told me, but this is what I'm seeing. Don't, don't reduce your vision to what you're seeing. Lay hold of the God dream. Keep the God dream. Keep the God dream alive. So God, God does something with Abraham. He brings Abraham out of his tent Sometimes you've got to get out of your tent. Just bump your neighbor and say, sometimes you've got to get out of it. Sometimes you've got to get out of your confined place. Sometimes you've got to get out of that narrow place. Sometimes you've got to get out of your tent. You've got to get out of that from under that ceiling. The ceiling keeps you comfortable. The ceiling provides security but it does nothing for your vision. God has to take him out and God has to say, look now. Now remember Abraham said, look, you have given me no son. Seeing I go childless, look. And God says, no, no, no. I want you to come out and I want you to look to heaven. I want you, I want you to stop looking at barren. I want you to stop looking at deadness of Sarah's womb, deadness of your own body. I want you to stop looking at every month disappointment. And I want you to start looking towards heaven. I want you to start looking to the stars. I want you to start looking to what, I want you to let heaven inspire you despite the disappointment, despite the pain, despite the expert, despite everything else. God is looking for people who would believe the God dream and the God purpose for their life. Did you know that God is a God of vision? Did you know that? When, when, when Leanne and I came from, from Australia, I remember saying to God, I, you know, I just wanted to take a little, little moment. And I said, God, look, you know, you're a bit of a crazy God. I said, I understand, you know, you kind of 
got a healthy self-esteem. I said, but let me just throw this out there. It probably would have been easier for you if you would have started, had us start a church in Australia. In Australia, people knew us. In Australia, we had profile. God, the church would have grown bigger, would have had influence quicker. <laughs> but you brought us here where no one knows us. You may have made a little miscalculation. And God actually said to me, Jurgs, I actually don't need people to know you. <laughs> well, what are you trying to say? It's like, well, I actually don't need people to know you. I don't need your profile. I don't need your reputation to build my church. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build my church on, you're going to build my church on my principles, not on, your, not on anything else. And, and so I'm like, oh, what? And then God said, this is the vision. And so I saw the vision. I'm like, how on earth is that going to happen? And God's like, you can't do it. I said, no. How am I going to? That's crazy. And God says, good. Then you won't get the glory. I don't want, if I was honest with you, I don't want to build something I can do. I want to build something God can do. I want to build something that's got God factor written all over it. You know, there are days where I'm so far. I was telling one of the, the team this morning, I just had to come in this morning and kind of have my own little little worship quiet time because I'm driving along the freeway and the devil's saying, oh, you know, you've hit, you've hit your ceiling. You don't know how to grow a church past the size that, that it is, 4,500 members. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I'll flip, you're right. I don't know how to get to 10,000. And so anyway, I get in there and the Holy Spirit said, Jurgs, you didn't know how to get to 4,500. And I'm like, flip, that's true. And uh, man, I don't know why you're using me. And it's like, Jurgs, Jurgs, I was with you from zero to here. I'm, with, I'm like, oh, yeah. And so I just had to have a worship time. And <clears throat> there are just times you're going to be out of your league. But whether you realize it or not, listen, one of, one of the most magnificent things about the Holy Spirit, I don't know why churches don't invite him in. They're like, oh, he's, he's scary. Holy Spirit, you, you know, you'll freak people out. And he's like, oh, okay. Just put him behind the curtain. <laughs> Sorry, people, we don't really allow the Holy Spirit. Shh, don't mention him. It's God the Father and God the Son. And, and we just, you know. <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit is your friend. Have a look at this verse, Joel 2.28. Joel 2.28. Have a look at this verse. I love this verse. God speaking says, In the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Old men dream dreams. Even on your men servants and your maidservants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Now watch this. You, you, this is what I love about the Holy Spirit. Prophecy. And visions and dreams. The, the coin, the gold coin of the Holy Spirit, the two sides, one is prophecy. The other one is vision and dreams. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. What is prophesy? Prophesy the Holy Spirit will cause you to speak about things. Speak about things that you have no prior knowledge to. You begin to prophesy. You begin to speak a greater day. When Israel was trapped in Egypt, 400 years, 10 generations, 10 successive generations of bondage and slavery. Now that the 10th generation was growing up, all they'd ever seen was slavery. All they'd ever seen was oppression. All they'd ever seen was taskmasters. All they'd ever seen was difficulty and challenge. There was nothing in their mind. They had no picture 
in their mind. But there was this prophecy. The Holy Spirit came with a prophecy that God was going to raise up one from among them who would deliver them and that the Lord would deliver them with a mighty hand. And everything they saw every day said, come on, how could this thing be? How could this thing be? How could this prophecy ever come to pass? Everything's gone on for 10 generations, 400 years. It's never. But how many people knew that God didn't need their approval? God didn't even need, come on somebody, God didn't even need them to say, yeah, I can see it happening. God was doing it. God was, do, God was bringing it to pass. So then God has to give them a vision. And He gives them a vision. He says, behold, I'm going to deliver you out of Egypt and I'm going to take you into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And I'm going to give it to you as your inheritance. Behold, it is a good and a large land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of abundance, a land of blessing, a land where you can uh, call your own. It'll, you'll become a nation once again. And so God had to put a vision in front of them. He gave them prophecy and vision, prophecy and vision. Do you know what you're going to find in the house of God, when you let the Holy Spirit move, when you let the Holy Spirit start operating in the house of God, He will begin to speak prophecy. He'll begin to speak prophetic words. He'll begin to tell you that your future has got nothing to do with your past. You may say, you don't understand. I come from 10 generations of welfare. I come from 10 generations of bondage. I come from 10 generations of dysfunction. God says, I've done it before and I can do it again. Let me just tell you, I'm going to lead you out of bondage. I'm going to lead you out of slavery. I'm going to lead you out of welfare. I'm going to lead you out of dysfunction. I'm going to lead you out of broken. And I'm going to lead you into a good and large land. I'm going to lead you into a land of abundance. You're going to take down giants. You're going to sack cities. And you're going to occupy great territories. The Holy Spirit. He's the greatest friend. He's the greatest ally. It's amazing. Some people think, well, you know, I'm a business person. What have I? No, no, no. The whole, make the Holy Spirit your partner. He knows things about the people you're shaking hands with. Before you exchange contracts, say, Holy Spirit, what's your thoughts? He's like, no. You're better off when you listen to him. He'll tell you. He'll say, invest your money here. There. Why would I invest my money there? But the Holy Spirit, you listen to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's your greatest building partner. Holy Spirit knows the end from the beginning. It's God. So let me give you a couple. Oh, actually, go to this last one, Joshua 6. Let's go to Joshua 6, verse 1. Joshua 6 verse 1. Can you handle one more scripture? I know I promised you I'd pray. I'm going to pray in a minute. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuel. Joshua chapter 6. Yell out when you're there. It says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. None came in. Jericho was secure. One more time. Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. None came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. And then God gives him a strategy. God knew that, that when Joshua was looking at Jericho, when everyone else was looking at Jericho, they were looking at a fortified city. They were looking at impregnable walls. They were looking at incredibly difficult. They were looking at probably the word impossible would describe. 
everything about Jericho was saying, just go around, just go around. The greatest engineers and the greatest architects of their day had constructed a compound that was deemed impregnable. But God said to Joshua, Joshua, I don't want you to see impregnable and I don't want you to see impossible. I want you to see that I've given Jericho into your hand because until you can see it, you can't receive it. The devil is a vision thief. Seven is the number of perfection in the scripture. And it's interesting because seven times Jesus healed the blind in scripture. Seven times Jesus healed the blind in the gospels. Because God is a vision restoring God. And it's so easy for us to lose vision. When we lose hope, when we face disappointment, the first casualty is vision. Because we know that there's so much pain attached to vision. Oh, you don't understand, Pastor. I had a vision of having a family. But after our third miscarriage, it was just too painful. So I gave up on the dream. I aborted the dream. And, and to dream again, to have the vision again is too painful. There's pain attached. Oh, you don't understand. I had a dream of getting married. But, but the last time my engagement got broken off, I, I, I don't know if I could believe that again. And so we let go of it. But can I just tell you today, the Holy Spirit wants to visit His people. The Holy Spirit wants to visit your life. You may say, well, Pastor, you know, we, we were foreclosed on. We were evicted from our property. We, we, we lost our home. And I, the Holy Spirit wants to come again. He wants to say, dream again. He wants to say, believe again. He wants to say, see again. But can I just tell you this? The Holy Spirit doesn't just give you a vision, an apparition, and then sit back and, and, and laugh. The Holy Spirit does something when He comes with vision and dreams. The other side is prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy is speaking to something. You can begin to speak to your mountain. Jesus says, whoever speaks to this mountain and says, commands it to be removed and does not doubt in His heart, but it will happen for Him. So, so there's a power in speaking. When we came to San Diego, I didn't know how. I didn't know it, but I knew that God said, start prophesying, start speaking building, start declaring building, start declaring my provision, start speaking thousands of people, start speaking people getting saved on the altar. What do you need? Lord, I need leaders. Well, start speaking leaders. Start declaring that you got leaders. Start seeing leaders. My God, I start seeing it. You know, we need to, we need to figure out a way to produce leaders. And God says, well, well, what do you see? Well, I don't see any. I just see the, a need. And God says, well, you need to see beyond on need you need to see a system you need to see a process and so I began to see sometimes you've got to close your eyes so you can see and so I remember closing my eyes and I began to see a harvest machine and then I thought my god oh, it's called an internship program and then people come in they come in like this but they give a year of their life but in that year what we do is we we, we we put principles in them we teach them faithfulness we teach them prayer we teach them how to be a great disciple we teach them how to be responsible we teach them how to be a great steward we teach them and, and they come out they graduate and they leave. nearly all of the people that we employ come through our internship program. Why is that? Because it's a great training program. But it happened because I had a vision for leaders, but I didn't know how to get there. And so God just says, see. You know, the first, the first command God gave Adam was see. Did you know that? In, in Genesis 1 verse 29, Genesis 1 verse 29, God said to Adam, see, I have given you every seed, every tree bearing fruit within itself. Every herb yielding seed, to you it shall be for food. God says to Adam, I want you to see seed. In other words, he's, he's saying to Adam, I need you to see the invisible. And I need you to see the harvest in the seed. And I need you to see abundance in something that is tiny and finite. When it comes to vision builders, 
Vision Builders is, is, is all about the fact that all of us are called to live by faith. All of us are called to fulfill two visions. One, a personal vision. Another one, a corporate vision. God's brought you into this house because this house has a vision. And you'll find that as you come into this house, you'll begin to get vision for your own life. You'll begin to get vision for your own business. You'll begin to get vision for your own family. you begin to get vision for your own success because you've attached yourself to a house of vision. As you attach yourself to a house of vision, you will find the releasing of seed. You begin to see that the seed that you sow is not leaving your hand and leaving your life. It's leaving your hand, but it remains in your life. It just goes into your future where it comes back multiplied. You begin to see that as you sow seed, it comes back in harvest form. So God says to Adam, I want you to see seed. He's like, I don't see seed, I see an orange. I don't see seed, I see an apple. I don't see seed, I see strawberries, I see watermelon. And God says, no, no, son, I need you to see the seed. There is a seed and that seed is small. That seed is part of a process. And I need you to see, I know, you do, I know you're looking at the outside, but if you can just begin to see, if you can, if you can incorporate vision, there is nothing impossible, that there is no limit, there is no poverty, there is no starvation that ever needs to happen on the planet. Because if you like oranges, in every orange I've put seed. And all you've got to do is put that seed in the ground and it will, it will naturally, it will naturally, I've created a system in the, in the world when, when you put a seed in the ground, you don't know how it happens. I make it happen. I cause that seed to bud and sprout and it'll produce a tree with thousands of oranges over its lifetime with tens of thousands of seeds that you can put into the ground and you can have an entire orange juice factory. You can do the same with any of the plants, any of the herbs, any of the fruits, any of the flowers, any of the vegetables, anything you want. You can just, there is seed, there is abundance. And all of a sudden Adam's, my God, you've set up a paradise. We've got this tiny little garden, but this garden can fill the whole world. God was giving Adam the power of vision. Can I just tell you, your future is dependent on what you see today. The devil wants to take away your vision. He doesn't want you to see. He doesn't want you to see walls coming down. He doesn't want you to see occupying territory. He doesn't want you to see yourself having a great marriage and a great family and fruitfulness and productivity. He doesn't want you to see anything but dysfunction. He doesn't want you to see anything but addiction. He doesn't want you to see anything but bondage. He doesn't want you to see anything but chains. But if today you can allow the Holy Spirit. If today you can allow the power of God to come upon your life, He wants to change what you see. Our job as a church is to have people that walk in one way, walk out a different way because now they see. They begin to see the hand of God. My God, if God be for me, who what can be against me? Somebody say Amen.